Welcome back to another episode of the All Hail Oakland podcast. I'm here yet again with my co-host, Robbie Wilson. Yo, yo, yo. What is up? And today we have a special guest. We have Chris from Mariner's Mojo. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good, fellas. How are you doing? Doing great. Now, real quick, before we dive into the 2021 Mariners season, we just want to ask you, how did you get into baseball and what made you fall in love with the game and the Seattle Mariners? Part of it's grown up in Northwest Washington. It's the closest team. It's really the only baseball team for, what, 800 miles, something like 1,000 miles, unless you're getting down to California. Little kid without cable. It was lots of baseball games on the radio, so laying there at night listening to them and just started going down to games when I was like six, seven years old with my dad, and that's when I got into it. Sweet. Now, do you have a favorite Mariners player of all time? Ooh, that's tough. I, know. I was always a big Jay Buhner guy with the Buhner buzz cut. I think I was bald for like three years when I was a little kid because of that. <laughs> Dude, funny story Randy about Jay Buhner. He actually, oh, Randy Johnson's a classic, but I'm sorry I was to cut say you off. Randy Johnson story about... and my dad are the same height. So people would confuse my dad for Randy Johnson because he had the long hair Damn. and the face. <laughs> Damn. Funny story about Jay Buhner, dude. He actually, uh, he moved down to where my hometown is in Pleasanton. And uh, I have a Mariners hat. My uncle, uh, I have a lot of family in the Northwest. My uncle's a big Mariners fan and uh, he actually got me a Mariners hat. And I was wearing it one night to work, and this one guy pulls up, and uh, he was handing me a lineup card for slow pitch softball. He's like, oh, are you a Mariners fan? I was like, no, nah, it's just a, I like the hat, man. I like their colors. He was like, oh, well, I played for them. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm Jay Buhner. I was like, what the hell? What the like, you were an all-star. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> like, I knew exactly who he was. Right? I mean, obviously, he looked a bit older. And then it was, dude, I was, I was I think I was 20 years old at that time, so six years ago. But, man, I don't know if he's still living in the area, but – I never saw him again. I think he was just filling in that night. And of course he had a massive night, but like that was just, it was cool to see Jay Buhner out there. I was like, dude, that guy's an all-star. That's crazy That's sick to see him just randomly like that. Yeah. <laughs> now, Chris, why should we be scared of the 2021 Seattle Mariners? You should be scared of the 2021 Seattle Mariners because of what they could be in like 2023. <laughs> but that's about the only reason. Now, who are some exciting prospects that we should be looking out for? Obviously, we know about Kyle Lewis. We know about Julio. We know about J.P. Crawford. But is there anybody else that fans in the AL West should be keeping an eye out for? The best prospects, probably Jared Kelnick. I mean, he had all those things come up with Kevin Mather during one of the spring training games. I think they were talking to – it was Service or Depoto, And he was saying, when a guy will kind of show you when he's ready, and in the midst of that sentence, Kelnick hits a bomb. The guy's coming back already from an injury that was supposed to keep him out for the spring. He might be back for spring training. And he's got potential to be like a 280-300 hitter who gives you 20-20 and plays solid defense in center field. Yeah, the potential of that Mariners outfield in a couple of years is going to be ridiculous. Now, you mentioned Kevin Maher. Now, what was your intent? What was your initial impressions about those comments? And do you feel like it's going to have an effect on the organization moving forward? Honestly, and most Mariners fans I've talked to, it was, this guy's an idiot. To go on something recordable and say something like that is just beyond comprehension. And then hearing how he treated Kalanick and Gilbert with them not signing, especially Kalanick, and then saying he's going to keep them down, that put a real damper on the organization, especially when winning really hasn't been at the forefront since 2001. And it seems like they're kind of trying to embrace it in a good way a little bit marco put on his profile on twitter that he's very boring i think <laughs> julie seeger kyle seeger's wife was talking about how i guess we need to look for a new house because he said seeger was overpaid 
So some of the players are just kind of embracing it, but it seems like the team has been falling into it the right way to make things a little bit better. Yeah, there's a there's a common thing there. It's it, you can actually bring a team together by hating somebody, and <laughs> if they're all like in good spirits about it, you know, like kind of joking around about it, that's a good thing. That's 100% a good thing because those those comments were so out of pocket, bro. And you mentioned it; it's just so stupid, bro. Like, why why are you saying these things when you know you're being recorded? And he's just talking out of his ass the entire time. But I am happy that it seems like they've turned the corner these this last week or so with all that stuff, and it looks like it's behind them. So have you guys seen Major League? Yeah. It's been a long time. So you know how they have the stand in the locker room of the female owner? And they like <laughs> and they all keep stripping her? Yeah. My buddy was saying that they should do that with Kevin Mather. <laughs> Put him in the dugout and start taking pieces off. Get him It'd in be hilarious. <laughs> That's a good idea. Now, someone we really want to take a look at is Kyle Lewis. Obviously, he won the 2020 AL Rookie of the Year, and he's due for a big sophomore season. Do you feel like the longer season will kind of expose him, or do you feel like he's due to have a big year? Uh, it's going to be a little bit of both. Got to be worried about his strikeouts. Um, he does strike out a lot. It was bad in 2019. It was a little bit better in 2020. Um, with the full season, you kind of worry about the sophomore slump because you see that a lot with facing that 160-game grind. Yep. Um, it does help having a guy like Hanniger next to him in the outfield, but you do have to worry with 160 games. If he goes through a rough stretch, how's he going to be able to come back from it? I think the one bright spot is that with Lewis, you could argue that he's the third best Mariners outfield prospect, even though he won rookie of the year, because Kalanick and Julio are supposed to be better than him. I totally agree. And it, we talked about it just a few minutes ago, how scary this outfield could be in just a couple of years. And we're, we're talking about, everyone wants to talk about Kalanick and Kyle Lewis is one of the most exciting players, even in the, in the division. And I, I honestly, I do think this longer season is going to, is going to, we're going to see those numbers diminish just a little bit, but he's not going to be like a fall off kind of guy. He's just ridiculous athlete, super smooth swing. He's just got to be a little bit more disciplined, but that comes with age for sure. But I think the the thing with the Mariners this season is if they want to kind of flirt and make a run, if they really wanted to, it's that pitching staff. The starting rotation is um, when you look at it, it doesn't really stick out to you, but who are a couple of guys that you're looking forward to watching this season and who could maybe surprise us? Well, the guys you're looking forward to watching are definitely the top two in Marco and Paxton. I mean, Marco throws slow. The Mariners have just always had crafty lefties. I think he was the bottom three to 5% for his average fastball velocity. He's sitting 89 something, but he still has an ERA under four. Uh, last year's FIP was like 3.14, something like that. Um, so if he has another good season, you know, he's going to eat innings. He's going to be able to go out there and give you six or seven and only give up two or three runs every time. It's kind of nice to have at the top of your lineup or at the top of your rotation. But with Paxton, he could be even better. There was his last season with the Mariners. He had that stretch. It was six games and he gave up two runs or something like that. A couple complete game shutouts. He had the 16 strikeout game. He had the no hitter. A guy like that back in your rotation is really nice piece to have. But I think the guy to watch is probably going to be Justin Dunn, the youngster. All right. Um, he pitched a little bit last year and so it was in the mid thirties for innings. Um, if he's able to be part of that six man rotation, so he's not pushed too hard, they can stretch him out a little bit to work on the stamina, knowing he has the extra day to recover. And he's 
pretty talented young guy. So he's the one I think in the rotation you should watch. Now, a, another prospect that I want to touch on is Taylor Trammell. I know he's been traded th- throughout a couple of different organizations. Obviously, he has a lot of flashes, but do you feel like he could see some time this year with the Mariners? So it's funny you say that because he might even be the starting left fielder. Uh, Jake Fraley ran into the wall the other day and kind of got hurt, and he hasn't been doing well anyway. But Trammell has been hitting pretty good up there near 300. It seems like every game he has a hit. And usually it's a double or a homer or something that's putting him up on like the MLB alerts that, Hey, he did something good again. Um, And with the Mariners have always had a need in left field. And right now, even though down the line, he's the fourth outfielder behind the three guys we talked about earlier, he could get some nice playing time to start the year in left field and show off that. Yeah. He was a top what 30 or 40 prospect at one point. He kind of deserves to be out there on the field. No, he's definitely fun to watch. Now, going back to Jared Kellenic, do you think that they're going to manipulate his service time, especially with him being injured right now? I don't think they can. They have to bring him up uh, in the middle of June, get past that Super 2 date, so you still get that extra year. But you can't be pushing him back till September or leaving him down all year. I know he doesn't have a lot of experience at higher levels, but with everything that happened – you have to show that you're being aggressive in the right way at getting who could be the future of the organization into the major league roster for people to watch him. Now, when do you expect that we could see Julio Rodriguez play? See with Julio, with how young he is um, a little bit of the injury history, you want to get him some good at bats in the minors, let him get a hundred games or whatever. And then maybe call him up in September just to see, depending on how the team's doing. I mean, likelihood is they're out of the playoffs come August, especially with no expanded playoffs. Um, so bring him up when the rosters expand in September, maybe give him a month. But then I think come June next year, 2022, he's going to be your starting right fielder probably. Now, one Mariners player that I know a lot of Ace fans have really taken note of, especially with Matt Olson at first base. We you talk about Evan White and his defense and how he actually won the Gold Glove over Matt Olson last year. How are you feeling about Evan White going into 2021? As long as Evan White can hit a little bit, he's going to be the first baseman throughout the length of his contract and longer. I mean, there's talk of like he has arguably the best glove at first base in all of baseball. He's got one of the best graded gloves coming up as a first baseman. And that if you could give him a higher grade, you might even have to with that glove. Um, I think it was back at the Futures game. They were testing him and trying to see what kind of plays he could make at first. And he was impressing all the scouts and all the other guys that were there for the Futures game. His defense was that good. Um, But it's just, can he hit? He made a little change with his hand position. He's able to get him into the box quicker to get to that ball a little bit faster and make better contact. You pair that with how he changed his swing plane before last year so that he can hit stronger line drives. But even if Evan White can come in this year and hit 230-something, that's probably going to get you about 20 home runs and turn him into a pretty good first baseman for how young he is. No, he's really fun to watch, especially as an AL West rival fan. And as A's fans, we really do know how to appreciate good defense with Chapman and Olsen in the corners. Now, what is like the X factor that needs to happen for the Mariners this season to really make them surprise some people? I think when you're talking X factor, it's going to be who is able to play second base. Um, Shed Long was kind of supposed to be the guy last year. He had surgery on his shin 
and he's been having problems with it still. He hasn't even played. Um, he faced Paxton in the, the off-field sim game. I think it was today. Struck out. He hasn't really faced anything yet, but it sounds like it's going to be kind of Dylan Moore, Ty France. If those guys are able to show that they are major league worthy, especially Ty France, um, the dude's raking in the spring. He's got a great hit tool. I think he's at 470-something in the spring right now. He's hit 300 everywhere he's been pretty much. If he can show that he can hit 300 in the majors or even 280, which is what 300 was 10 years ago, it's going to be a steal that they got him from the Padres, and he's going to be a nice piece for the Mariners going forward. Now, what is something that could keep the Mariners fans interested throughout the season? Like you mentioned that they're still a couple years away, but what is something what is going to keep you excited throughout the 2021 season? The fact that you got Haniger and Wright and Seeger at third, the way it's looking, Seeger's going to be gone soon. He's the older guy on the team. And with Haniger, he's kind of the outfielder we haven't talked about. That you look at these five guys with Kelnick, Julio, Kyle Lewis, Tramel, and Haniger. One or two of them have to be gone sometime. Hanager's the old guy at 29 years old, 30 years old. And if he can put together a decent season, it's going to be fun to see that. But if he does, and if Seeger does also, don't be surprised if the team trades him. Because the likelihood is the Mariners are 40 and 60 or somewhere in there at the All-Star break. And those guys are going to be gone. So you mentioned, that was actually my next question. I was just going to ask, who do you think gets moved at the deadline and what what do you think the threshold will be around that deadline for the Mariners to for sure make a move because I think the Mariners they could be flirting around that 500 mark this season I don't think they're as bad as some people think they will be they got a lot of good talent I think it's just going to be up to like you talked about Paxton and inning muncher Marco Gonzalez who usually does fairly well against the A's in that bullpen but who do you think out of those out of those guys you mentioned is for sure going to be a deadline target for somebody else? You know, I'd have to say it's going to be Seager. Um, if he hits well enough every season or every full season and then projecting out last year, he's been in the mid-20s for home runs. If he is coming up to the All-Star break with high teens hitting 260-something and the team's either able to negotiate away that deal that becomes a player option if he's traded – so that the Mariners eat some of it or that he keeps it as a team option or the Mariners can throw in a little prospect and get something back, it'd be easy to see Seager gone at the deadline. Now, are they allowing fans at the stadium this year for Mariner games? Yes, that just came out recently. They're going to be allowing 9,000 fans at the stands. Oh, dang. Um, so it's just under 25%, but it's really going to be nice to be able to start going to Mariners games again. Yeah, how far away are you from uh, T-Mobile Park? I'm about two hours, but it's 15 minutes, hop on the freeway, and then you just drive for an hour and a half and you get to the stadium. That's not terrible. Not bad at all. Not too bad. It's better than Connor. (laughs) Hey, yeah. (laughs) Live across the country. (laughs) I live uh, 15 minutes from the Coliseum, but Connor lives uh, an entire day away. Like 2,000 miles. (laughs) Hey, I'll be out there soon. Don't worry. No. You better. Now, to wrap this up, where do you feel the Mariners lie in the AL West this year? I think you have two sections of the AL West. You have the Astros, the Angels, and the Athletics, and then you have the Mariners and the Rangers. I mean, you guys talked about it a little bit. Like, maybe you should be a bit nervous about the Mariners. Could they flirt with 500? In a way, I don't think the team wants to. You want to leave room for all these prospects to come up and not be 
forcing guys out. If the team ends up 70 and 92, gets a top five, top 10 draft pick, and then has space for, we didn't even talk about some of the pitchers like Hancock, Gilbert, um, and Kirby to come up. It's going to be in a nice spot for them next year to be able to pull these young guys up, have the nice draft picks, and start making a run then, kind of like the Astros did seven years ago. Now, last question. What is your best case and worst case scenario for the Mariners in 2021? So it's going to be a little backwards of what you think. Best case is 66 and 96. They get a top three pick. Seager and Hanniger play well and get traded so that they can build for the future because that's really what they should be focusing on. Worst case is 83 and 79. They think that they're going to make the playoffs at the trade deadline so they don't get rid of any of the old guys like the Mariners like to do. They fall apart in the middle of September, miss it by four or five games, and are no better off than they were going into this year. Don't Yeah, don't be like the 2019 Giants. I mean, they – they flirted with that that winning record. They thought they could hang on to to Mad Bum, and then they they did, and they get nothing for him. That's 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 a good point that you make. How it's a little bit opposite because, with, in the situation of the Mariners right now, you obviously are trying to just get these prospects developed. You're looking for a couple of years later down the road, and hopefully we can see some of these guys in September, like you're talking about, and maybe they can uh, kind of fast track their way through the minor leagues and get a lot of at bats at triple a it's important for those guys i know a lot of fans are just like i want to see them i want to see them right now in the big leagues but you can never rush anything rome wasn't built in the day so uh, i'm looking forward to the mariners future man i uh there is absolutely no i don't have any type of hatred towards the mariners i've always always kind of liked them uh, I, one day they are going to be good and the a's are going to be bad again and once you guys get into the playoffs you're going to find me wearing that mariners hat and i'm going to be cheering for them well, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> I do. If, if the Mariners are good when the A's are bad, no problem with it whatsoever. The, you guys are such a dedicated fan base, and it would be awesome to see you guys experience winning baseball. I, mean, I was in middle school the last time the Mariners made the playoffs, and I'm in my early 30s now. So it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, Yo, a lot Chris, of young you, guys. Uh, yeah, a lot of young guys. Yeah, but, hey, uh, you a college basketball guy at all, Chris? A little bit, kind of Gonzaga, UW. Nice, nice, okay. You looking forward to the tournament? I am. I'm not into it as much as I used to be. I mean, once you have kids, it's kind of hard to follow all the sports that you used to. Mm -hmm. But it turns to March, turn on that college basketball, and just kind of watch it all day and, you know, act like you're working while it's going on and really just be (laughs) watching games. Did you you go to UW or Gonzaga? No, just I've always lived around here, and UW is the close team, so that's who I root for. Makes sense. Yeah. So uh, my family's big Oregon State. We're the Beavers. So uh, a lot of Beavers in my family. And we, you and I, have, we have a common hatred of the Oregon Ducks. And that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> can't go wrong with that. No, you cannot. <laughs> are you also as big into the Seahawks as you, are, as you are with the Mariners? Nope. I am not a Seahawks fan at all. If I would have had my video on, you could have seen the giant Ravens flag behind me. When I was Whoa. little, I picked the Ravens. And that's who I root for. Dude, I'm a Raider fan. Thanks for Yannick, by the way. You're really excited about that signing. <laughs> but, oh, look, a Raider fan getting excited about free agent signings, even though they probably won't work out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm used to, basically. But it's all good. Chris, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Just Mariners underscore Mojo on Twitter. Uh, so you can head over there for your Mariners news.
Yeah. Thanks again. Robbie, you have any last words? Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Looking forward to a fun season and looking forward to the development of these Mariners prospects, man. Looking, It's looking up for you guys, and I'm really excited for the future of the Mariners. That's one of the few times over the last 10 or 15 years I've actually been excited for the upcoming season. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Thanks, you, thank you guys if you've made it this far. Check out Mariners Mojo and look out for the Seattle Mariners this season. Peace out and enjoy this California moonshine. It's the same old shit every day We sit around and while and away I can't live this life anymore A part of all the silly games we play I dream of what my life can be What could have been a Just won't leave